Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. We just why don't we uh, give him a, a welcome as he comes to bring the word. Thank you. Wow. How awesome was that when we arrived tonight? The frontline team with the umbrellas helping us escort us in. Well done. Let's give them a hand for helping us. Well done. Woo. Okay, let's take our seats. God bless you. For those that were here this morning, I shared briefly about uh, the Home for the Harvest, which is our building that we're going to build out there. And for those who weren't here, I'll just do a quick um, recap on that. And uh, nearly 15 years ago, when Marilyn and I and the family arrived, and we walked through the door, and God gave me an open vision of what He wanted to do in our church. Not all the details, but the big picture. And so we've been on this amazing journey of faith to see the increase, the blessing, the overflow, the presence of God that's been flowing. And, uh, and I believe that we just need to keep partnering and, and joining with us. So thank you for all those that have had faith. 37 years ago, a small group of people had faith to build this building. Wow, which was probably four times bigger than what they needed for their little church. But the pastor and the people stepped up and said, we're going to build a house of God for the coming generations. And that's been us over the last 37 years. We're stepping up to build for this coming generation so that we can have the the generation now and for the future. It always takes someone with faith to step up and do it. And God's chosen and called us to be those people of faith. So it's an exciting um, vision that we're partnering together. And I just wanted to give you a a quick quick update on what's been happening. God's been so good to us to help us in this amazing journey. And uh, we quickly started putting plans together. And eight years ago, got our DA development application together. And then we've, uh, two years ago, did the renos on this building. And then we're going to build a larger auditorium that'll seat a thousand people. There's a plan. It's not real clear, but uh, the present building's here on um, my left, and the new building's going to be about uh, three times the size. So it's going to be awesome. We'll fit up to a 1,000 people in there. How's that going to be awesome together? And this morning in the second service when we were worshipping and Emma was leading, the Holy Spirit gave me a very clear picture. I've pictured this building for many years in my heart and mind. <coughs> this morning I see it full and overflowing with a thousand people worshipping and singing that song we sang this morning of worship to God, just, uh, just overwhelmed my heart. I thought, Lord, it's going to happen because there's thousands in this city who have never heard about Jesus yet. There's 60,000 people live in this city and there's many others in the area that God wants to bring into his kingdom. So we started the journey. We got our development application approved. Then we bought the land across the street for overflow car park in open space. um, after GST, we paid for that land and we've paid that off in four and a half years, which was an absolute miracle for a church our size and uh, God's blessing. And then when we uh, renovated here, it was about $700,000 two years ago to renovate this whole building, build all the new toilets and all the extension out the back and clean it all up. And we took a loan for 450000 and we're now down to 190000 on that loan. So God has been so good. Just a quick update. This is our present balance of our church accounts so that you uh, can see our various different accounts. They won't all mean lots to you, but our general account is what we have 48000 in. That's a, a blessing of God. It costs about 14000 a week just to run our church with all the staff and ministries and all the things that happen just running a building and ministries. But every week... God provides. 
And we want to thank you for your generosity. Then we've got a reserve account, which is uh, for emergencies and to uh, have some uh, reserve there. And then all the other different uh, accounts there for our long service leave and everything. So all together, there's $160,000 that in, in our bank account at present. We want to be good stewards. We don't waste money. A lot of that's designated, but we're good stewards. And we've got a great board and team that work together. Let's have a look at the next one, Home for the Harvest. This is since our last Home for the Harvest offering 12 months ago. We always have it about this time each year. Um, we've had $15,500 on the uh, interest on the loan and fees. We did some improvements out the back there. And uh, donations, we had uh, ready room hire donations. We hire our room out some weeks for uh, training organisations and the funds that go in to help pay this building off. $97,205.02, thank God for the two cents, <clears throat> that was given by people giving donations in the last 12 months, that's not for missions, that's not for our church running, that's not for uh, chaplains, that's just to help um, invest for our uh, Home for the Harvest, so we need to give praise to God for that, that is awesome, thank you for your faithful giving, amazing, some people put in $20 a month, others put in um, $100 a month, others have put in larger amounts, thank you for that, and also 104000 so 2000 every week from our normal operating budget, we put aside into our Home for the Harvest building fund, we've been doing that for years, and so that, so over $200,000 were there, um, when you take the interest in that off, we've been able to pay $200,000 off our loan in the last 12 months, which is just amazing, God's provision, so we only owe 190000 so we're believing to clear that amount so then we can be uh, free of debt and uh, we already started our project management team and we met uh, last week, uh, previous week for the first time. We're reviewing our plans just to uh, upgrade them a little bit and uh, get the whole process of how do we fund the new building and builders and tenders and all the exciting stuff for anyone who's built buildings, you know how much work that is. But we've got some great skilled people that God's raised up in our church to help us and consultants from outside. There's some ideas if people, there's a pledge form on your seat and maybe you haven't got spare money today to give, but it's a way that you can say, hey, I'd, I'm going to believe for $50 a month. Above my regular tithes and offerings, I'm going to believe $50 a month to sow into this building fund. Some 100 And uh, someone came and saw me today after the second service. They said, we want to put some money in. And afterwards, I found out they sowed $10,000 in this morning. One, a, a guy that doesn't always even come to our church. He comes occasionally, and he went down and, and has committed $10,000. And I know there's other. I haven't even looked at the pledge. I haven't even checked out how much came in this morning. We'll find out this week. But if you haven't come prepared today, you can do that in the coming days and weeks. You can, we'll take an offering at the end of my sermon here. Today, we do this once a year just so that we can give you an opportunity to partner with us. We pray, and I preached two weeks ago, the gospel's free, but it costs money to get it out. And that's true. You need buildings, you need ministries, you need youth ministries, you need vehicles, you need all sorts of things. We need technical gear and whatever. So together we sow into the kingdom of God. I just think it's awesome to be able to be open and talk about it. So if people sow in together, we can see his kingdom come to pass. And uh, so those pledge forms, you can take them. Uh, you can put, put them in the offering afterwards or you can take them home. You can also donate online. It's got the account there. Some people want to be anonymous. So you can just put it in our building fund and uh, just to be a blessing and encouragement. The quicker we can clear this debt, the quicker we can uh, uh, move forward to the next 
uh, process and ask God how we're going to raise the funds. It'll cost probably between three and a half and four million dollars to build a thousand seat auditorium, and that's good value compared with some other buildings because we'll get uh, builders that will help us and get the job done. It's a lot of money, but I said this morning it's only eight half a million dollar homes, and a lot of people here have got houses that are of that value or more. You say, when you start breaking it down, it's not huge amounts of money. And God's our provider. And uh, we could stay in this nice, comfortable building. But I, I shared in the first service, I don't think I shared in the second service, when I was a kid, I was brought up in a farm. We didn't have much money one year. It was drought time. And uh, I remember I was only six or seven. And so I, my shoes were getting too small. So I didn't want to tell my parents my shoes were too small because I knew they didn't have the money to buy me bigger shoes because six kids in the family. So in my little mind, I thought, I'll help the family out. I won't tell them I need new shoes. About 12 months later, my mum found out my toes were all squashed up. I've actually got some crooked toes because I allowed, my feet kept growing, but the shoes didn't get bigger. And I remember that story that I refused to let the shoe determine how big the foot's going to grow. I refuse to let our church facilities determine how big the influence of the gospel can be in our church and our city. That's why we keep stretching and going forward for it. There's a lovely scripture in Jeremiah 29 verse 7. It says, Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Well, isn't that an amazing thing? If... If the city prospers, we prosper. If we prosper, we're a blessing to the city. So we all grow together. And I just love seeing what God's doing, transformations and the amazing ministry that's happening there. People coming to Christ, businessmen and women joining us. And it's just so exciting to see chaplains and our young people's ministry, our over-60s ministry, all different ministries reaching and touching our city with the good news of Jesus Christ. So let's keep going for it. Let's keep stepping up. Jeremiah twenty-nine eleven says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, and plans to give you hope and a future. If you build God's house, He will help you build your house. And I believe that God's going to continue just to speak to people's hearts. And this morning I shared more. I won't share that sermon again. I've got another few thoughts I want to share tonight. But one of the things I did share was that as we sow by faith, God brings a reaping into our life and for the kingdom of God. If you don't sow, you don't reap. And that's just a principle of life. You can go and look at your veggie garden and say, grow. If you haven't planted any seeds, all you're going to grow is weeds. Because those seeds somehow come from somewhere. But if we deliberately plant things, then we give God something to work with. And I want to uh, just share a few thoughts before we uh, take our offering tonight. And it's Ephesians 2.20 and 21. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. I think I've got a wrong verse in there, guys. It's actually Ephesians 3, 20 to 21. It says, To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. 
Wow, some of you have got incredible imagination. Kids have got amazing imaginations. I bet Riley's got an amazing imagination. He imagines all those big fish that he's going to catch. He's got a great imagination. Yeah, that's right. Kids kids have amazing imagination. Sometimes as adults, we let them get a little bit dull because we think, oh, we can't dream that big because it'll never happen. We start to talk ourselves out of things. But God says he will build and do things way beyond our imagination. How big's your imagination? Because God wants to do much bigger than that. And it's an interesting, the verse that says, our God is able. It's one thing for someone to be able. It's another thing to be willing. How awesome is it? You're moving house or unit. Someone says, hey, I'm able, to, I'm able to help you move your furniture, but I'm not willing to. How, how terrible would that be? All your strong friends say, hey, we're able to do it, but we're not coming because we're having fun. We're out swimming or driving or fishing or whatever. How terrible is that? They're able, but they're not willing. I could help you. You've got a really good job. They're in between jobs, need some help with finance. I could, I'm able to help you, but I'm not going to do it. How terrible would that be? I'm able to be a good friend and to pray with you, but I'm busy praying for other people, so I'm not going to pray for you. How awful would that be if people said that to us? Most people would never say it. They would just sort of slip to the side and not do it. Thank God we serve a living God who is able and willing. That's the thought I want to leave with you tonight. Our God's able and willing to help change our lives. He's able and willing to provide for our every need. He's able and willing to help us to build our new building. He's able and willing to turn our lives around. He's able and willing to help you break that addiction over your life. He's able and willing to turn things around that have been destroyed by sin and darkness. He's able and willing to set us free. He's able to deliver. What's he's able to do? He's able to deliver. Daniel 3.17 says, If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hands. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Wow. Here's faith for the idea God's able to deliver us. If it doesn't happen when and how we think it should, we're still going to trust you, Lord. I call that mature faith. When you prayed for that breakthrough and healing, it hasn't happened yet. doesn't mean God's not going to do it. It might be just he's got to prepare things and get you in the right place. But our God is able and willing to deliver you from destructive places, from addictions and strongholds, from overwhelming circumstances in life. He is able and willing. Secondly, what else is he able to do? He's able to heal. Our God is able to heal. We know that. Jesus is able to heal. You've just got to read the Gospels. I love reading the Gospels about the healing power of Jesus. I love reading the book of Acts. I get so inspired saying, God, you can heal. And I believe for it to happen. Over and over again, we're hearing more and more stories of God's healing power of setting people free. And please let us know, because we've been praying and believing. If, if you get a breakthrough, send us an email, give us a text. Let us know what God's doing because we want to celebrate with you the healing power of God, <coughs> the restoring power of Jesus Christ. Mark 9, 27, 
as Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him. That would have been interesting, following him when they're blind. So they're following the noise, following the crowd. Maybe someone was leading them. I don't think they had uh, guide dogs back then. But anyway, they were following Jesus. Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him. So they found their way through the doorway. Someone obviously helping lead them. They came to him and asked, and he asked them. So when they got there, this is what Jesus asked them. Do you believe that I am able to do this, to heal them? Because they were asking for mercy and for healing. Do you believe? He asked them, do you believe I'm able to do it? I think God asks us that question regularly. Do you believe that I'm able to heal your heart? Do you believe I'm able to set you free? Do you believe I'm able to provide for your need right now? Do you believe I'm able to show you a way through this dark time? Do you believe I'm able to give you strength to walk through the responsibilities you have? Do you believe I'm able? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. This is one of the funniest verses in the Bible. Jesus told them, warned them sternly, See that no one knows about this, as if two blind men have just got healed. Don't tell anyone. But they went out and spread the news about him all over that region. How on earth, if you were blind most of all your life, can you not tell anyone? The only reason Jesus was saying that was because the crowds had become so huge that he couldn't even move around sometimes. It was getting dangerous for him. So he was trying to slow down the good news about some of the miracles a little bit so he could still move on to the other towns. That was the only reason he was doing it. So Jesus might ask you the question tonight, do you believe I'm able to do what you've asked me? To turn a situation around, to set you free? Do you believe this? Thirdly, he's able to keep and fulfill his promises. That's really, really good news. What has he promised you? Maybe the salvation of your whole family. Maybe strength and courage to keep walking through this valley. Romans 4.21 in the Amplified said, Fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. This is Abraham, when God had promised that he was going to become a father of many nations. He's now 90. It was 75 when he got the promise. 25 years later, he was nearly 100 before Isaac was born. Wow, 25 years is a long time to wait for a child, especially when you're starting at 75. (laughs) That's a long time. Talk about a stretch of faith. But he, it says he, he knew that God was able to de- deliver the promise. What promises has God given you that he is reminding you to believe and not to give up on? Wow. Just for a moment, think about some of the promises that you know God's given you. Don't give up on it. Some of the dreams, some of the things God's put before you, some of the breakthroughs, some of the amazing things that God wants to do in and through your life. Also, he is able to make you stand. When others might fall, he's able to help you stand as a strong witness in your workplace. He's able to help you stand in the face of intimidation or persecution. 
or challenges. Romans 14 verse 4, who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. This is a word for someone here tonight. You're facing challenging, intimidating words and situations against you, but God says, I'm able to make you stand. God's going to give you the courage to stand on his promises and on that conviction. You don't have to be tossed. You don't have to be wavering. God, where are you? Where are you, Lord? He says, I'm able to make you stand. I'm going to be there within you and around you to give you courage to stand and not fall. That takes a belief and a trust. But I want to encourage you, God is able to make you stand. Ephesians 6.13 is a well-known verse. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, well, there's some evil days around our nation right now. There's some evil days around the world. You look at the news and you just get overwhelmed thinking, God, the first three quarters of the news bulletin is about destruction and fear and and murder and, and terrorism and violence. You think, God, isn't there any good news? We've got the good news, the gospel. It says, in the day when evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to keep standing. Wow. There's some dark things happening around our world. Thankfully, we live in a blessed nation, but there's some dark challenges in this land as well. And I want to encourage you, God helps us to stand. To stand in the good news. To stand when there's overwhelming darkness around us. To stand when you're having to deliver a funeral service for a 26-year-old that's died. To stand when there's bad news comes from the doctor's assessment of your health or someone else's. To stand when there's addiction or depression or mental illness destroying someone you know. To stand when someone's ripped off all your finances and you are left trying to do the right and honest thing and it looks like you've come out on the wrong end. God says, I will be help you to stand and keep on standing. When people try to lie about God's integrity and grace and accuse you of not being an honest Christian when you know you've done everything possible to not be a hypocrite but stand in righteousness. God gives us grace to stand. Jude 24 says, To him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Wow. Life will sometimes try to stumble us. Some of us are pretty good at stumbling ourselves, eh? It's fun to watch kids when the five or six-year-olds run their first sprinting race. The little boy's running out the front and then he looks around to see where his friends are and then he trips himself over and ends up skint knees and just in a mess he stumbled himself because he took his eyes off the finish line and looked to see how well he was doing so sometimes we stumble ourselves just by our choices our decisions our crumbling under pressure the lies of the enemy or people's opinions other times things come to try and trip us up We're running well and someone puts out their leg and trips us up. That can happen. So even it says, even if you stumble, 
God's able to keep you from stumbling and present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Whoa, I love that verse. With great joy. Two other things. He's able to bless you abundantly. We shared this verse this morning. I love it. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly. Abundantly. When God says abundantly, it means full and overflowing. Overflowing. God's able to bless you abundantly. That can be in your finances. Some of you have just, at times God loves to surprise you. He just loves to surprise you, to fill you up and overflow your life, to meet your needs. And not only just to meet your needs, he's the God of more than enough. Peter was sharing, they went fishing on Friday. Their boat's full and overflowing of fish and they're throwing fish back because they had nowhere else to store them. God's the God of abundance. In the Bible, Peter was out fishing. All night they fished, caught nothing. Jesus says, Go out in the daytime and throw your net on the other side. And Peter's saying, no way. The fish can see the net in day. We fish at night. Jesus, you know that. He said, at your word, we'll go. And so what happens? They throw the net on the other side of the boat as if that's going to make any difference because there's only a few meters from one side of the boat to the other. 153 huge fish filled the nets. They had to get their partners to come and pull the nets in and, and fill the boats up. God's able to abundantly bless you some of you are in line for abundant blessing there are seasons of it there are seasons when you're in the middle of it enjoy it and say God what do I do with this blessing so you don't hold on to it all your own don't have sticky fingers or hands let it flow through you to bless others if you're in a time of need say God Help me in my time of need. And he'll often bring someone who's in the overflow abundance to support you during that time of need. And there are seasons in our lives where that abundance comes and times when you're in lack, but God's still there to help you. And last one, our God is able to save us. Hebrews 7.25, Therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him Because he always lives to intercede for them. I love that. God's able to save you completely. Not just have a little encounter and felt his presence one day and think, oh, God's touched my life. No, he's able to save you completely. Head to foot. From your mind, your emotions, your past, your present, your future. That's the God we serve. He can save you completely. And you say, well, I've experienced his love. Well, just keep on responding to it because he's able and willing to fill you up with so much love that you wake up every morning feeling overwhelmingly blessed. You say, really? Could that happen? Yes, it can. Where every time you open the Bible, you think, wow, this is so alive. God's speaking to me. Every time we start to worship, you feel his presence. And God wants to touch our hearts. He can save you completely. Those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for him. James 1.21 says, Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Here comes the rain again. Thank God for rain. Hallelujah. Hebrews 2.18 says, Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Oh, that's good news. We all get tempted. 
The devil's an absolute stinking liar. He tempts you and then he accuses you of sin because you were tempted. Being tempted is not sin. Sin comes when you give in to the temptation and you, you go out and act or continue to dwell on stuff. The devil's an absolute liar. Some of you have wrestled again. Well, if I'm a Christian, I shouldn't be tempted anymore. Of course we'll be tempted because we live in a broken, fallen world. But don't let the devil lie to you just because you were tempted that you're not right with God. Wow. He's able to help us even when we're tempted with the old ways, with finding our old ways of dealing with stuff. But God's able to help us. And I love this verse, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Hallelujah. Some of you got prayed for a couple of weeks ago when Don McDonnell was here on the Wednesday night to be set free from smoking and other addictions. And I know some of you, it's been gone from that day. Others of you have got wrestled with it and the temptations come and you may have slipped back in and out. But I want to stir you again tonight that our God's able to deliver you completely. Completely. And it's not just addictions like smoking. It's mindsets of failure or rejection or I'm not good enough. And, and so we have those things playing over in our head. Hey, press the replay, press the restart button. Wipe some of those old playlists on your mind and let's get some new songs singing that our God is able to deliver us. My God is my saviour and he has saved me completely. I am being set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. We've got to get some new songs playing on the playlist of our minds and our hearts. Got to clean the hard drives every now and then. Get the junk that somehow, the, the junk mail that somehow got into the system of our mind and our soul. You've got to play the reset button. You've got to clear it sometimes. And let the word of God and his presence clear that junk mail that somehow has got into our souls. And we've got to erase that and let the truth, the new words, the new messages straight from heaven that you're my beloved son or daughter, that you're an overcomer, that I've set you free, that I completely set you free, that you are one who has great potential, that can achieve amazing things. You can do exceedingly, abundantly all that you ask or think. Wow, God. You say, how do I do that? Get into his presence. Start to believe the truth that what God says is yours, not just for someone else. Oh, Jesus. God is so good. Our God is able and willing to deliver us. Live life to the full. Live in his overflow. Ephesians 3.20, as the worship team comes up. In the message it says, God can do anything, you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. Wow, I love this. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. We'll just leave that verse up for a while. I want you to look at that. 
God can do anything you know. Far more than you can ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. That's called faith. That's called faith. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working deeply within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Thank God for his word and his promises. We're going to take a moment to pray for people that God's able to deliver, but let's all stand in his presence. We're going to just give you an opportunity to give in this Home for the Harvest offering right now. If you've come prepared to give, maybe you've got that pledge for me. Say, hey, I'm going to believe God. Some of you want to take that home and pray about it. You can bring it back in. You can uh, deposit. You can bring it next week. You can drop it in the church office. You can put it in the offering container. Why don't you step out with a step of faith and believe between now and Christmas that God can put a figure on your heart or mind to sow into this. I've found over the years that when God does that, it's an amazing step of breakthrough. Sometimes it's the seed you plant that will turn around your financial journey. Sometimes you're between jobs, you don't have work. I heard the most amazing story. I'd listened to it on a tape this week from John Bevere. He was doing some counseling years ago, and they used to encourage people who came for counseling to sow a seed, just a, a donation. This guy said, I got nothing, I got no money. And John Bevere just felt to press him, say, Are you sure? He said, I got nothing. So he said, Open your wallet. So he tips his wallet out, there's nothing inside. Empty your pocket. It was like God stirred John Bevere to press this guy because it was like, and he found 50 cents. The guy says, yeah, that's my money to get back the 16 kilometers to my home and it's snowing outside and that's my bus fare and I can't walk that far. And John Bevere challenged him and says, why don't you just sow something? Ask God how much you can give of that 50 cents. He says, well, if I give any of it, then I can't catch the bus home because it's a 50 cent fare. Anyway, John Bevere felt depressed and he says, okay, I'll believe I'll give five cents of it. So he had to get some change, gave five cents. So he only had 45 cents. Now he knew the bus driver wouldn't take the 45 cents because it was a 50 cent fare. But he felt to take a little step of faith. So sure enough, he does it. John prays for him for a breakthrough. Guess what? When he gets to the bus stop, there is five cents on the ground at the corner of the bus stop. Picked it up. He was able to pay his fare. And on the way home, he realized, God, you put that there. You put that there, five cents. Well, that started his journey of faith. Next week, he started to get a flow of finance happening. And he had $5, so he put 50 cents in a donation for this ministry of counseling. Within three weeks, he had a job. And not long after, his whole world changed but he had to start to sow a seed when he thought he had nothing. Because God challenged him and says, what have you given God to work with? I thought, wow, wow, five cents. That was the turning point of trusting God instead of believing that he had to sort it all out. Wow. Father, I just thank you for your presence. Lord, whether it's a five cent miracle whether it's a $5 miracle or a $500 miracle or a $5,000 miracle or even a $50,000 miracle, you know what everyone here needs in the journey they're on. And I just pray, Father, without pressure or compulsion, you would lead us today and these coming weeks 
understanding how your economy works and, and the joy of sowing seeds and giving you something to work with and seeing what God will do. Lord, I pray you'd bless those as they give in this offering right now. Lord, let your joy fill their hearts. And those that set pledges and believe for breakthrough in the coming weeks and months, I just thank you for the overflow. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.